Hello, I'm Kerry Lunigan. Welcome to the Weekly Grill, brought to you by Beef Central and Alenco Animal Health. Today's guest is in the hot seat as President of the Cattle Council of Australia, a position he ascended to only last November. Marcus Rotsman, welcome to On the Grill. Thanks, Gary. Good to be here. Now, elected late last year, so relatively new in the hot seat for Australia's leading agribusiness, and that is beef cattle. What's the biggest issue facing the beef industry at the moment that is your constituents? Biosecurity would sit at the top of the list for the beef industry, um, maintaining market shares and being able to service them with our product would be sitting close behind. But they're, I think, the two big issues for all producers that they would think. Um, and we know for many people in the industry, um, rebuilding their herds and recovering from years of drought is um, is where the industry is basically at. Yes, so you can tell that by the markets, of course, but you mentioned biosecurity. Anything particular there? Well, there's been a welcome announcement for an increase in biosecurity funding, but the reputation of our product is underpinned by good biosecurity service and adequately funding it. So um, we know that our product in the market is regarded as the safest product. Uh, It is underpinned by some excellent integrity systems. So if we lost our disease-free status and the um, integrity of our product, um, it would have a dramatic impact on the price that producers receive. I think so. I think uh, dramatic is underselling it, uh, Marcus. It's it's a, any breach of biosecurity is very very serious indeed. Now, people in the industry I've spoken to lately had a lot of varying opinions about issues which uh, needed attention. So we might go through a couple of those that they've mentioned to me. As I said, it's hard to get a handle on one or two crucial issues or particular issues. So let's start with one that has been bubbling sure. along for some time, levies. Does Cattle Council yep. have a, an official policy on levies at present? I'm not sure whether we have an official policy, but it's um, we have a role to play certainly in them. We do have to listen to what the majority of producers want. There's always a variety of views. I mean, cattle producers always want to see value for the um, compulsory levy that they pay. Cattle Council does not receive a portion of the levy or any part of the compulsory levy. So our role is more to provide oversight and guidance on the way, as best we can, on the way it's spent. We don't officially have oversight. What we have is consultation, which is basically the term that's used in the MOU, was set out in 1998. But at Cattle Council, we like to provide as best we can oversight of the levy expenditure. So you beef producers, actually, producers don't have a enough say over how the levies are spent? Would you like to have more say? I think most cattle producers would like to have greater um, oversight currently exists, yes. Now, the Uh, levy went uh, from $3.50 to $5 15 years ago. uh, The CPI since then is about 35 to 40%. So the levy should be, in fact, to keep up with inflation, should be about $1.70 more than that $5.70 or thereabouts, just to keep up with yep. inflation. Is, would that be a fair enough increase if you were to seek an increase? I think that's a fair assumption. Um, but like I said at the start, you know, Cattle Council would have to take the view of the majority of producers. Um, we realise that there's a variety of opinions, but it's also determining the value proposition of the way levies are spent now. And I think there is a strong case 
we certainly service a variety of export markets and also investing in not only the marketing but also in our integrity systems is a key part. Producers would also know that a portion of the levy goes to the NRS, the National Residue Survey, and Animal Health Australia, two bodies that also have key functions in um, our products' integrity. Yes, I want to get to those issues in a moment, but the the levy issue, is there any plan or mention of a possible vote on this, on the increase or no increase, or if you got to leave it as it is? I think we would be trying to develop a position on it. The Levy legislation comes to a, there is currently a review and I think it sunsets in 2023 um, to which uh, Cattle Council has also put a submission in. We would like to see greater flexibility in the way the levy is used. So there is a piece of work that is currently happening now on levies. But as most people would know, it's an issue that if there is a majority view on it, it then goes to the AGM at MLA. It's also been suggested, there's a bit of talk around about the levy should be a percentage of an animal's value with a possible ceiling to protect the higher value cattle from studs, etc. Has that been spoken of at all, do you know? No, it hasn't come up so far in discussions that I've seen. So another indicator we could look at is the ECI, which which is an indicator broadly of the younger cattle in the industry. In 2006, yep. it was $3.17 a kilo. Now it's well over 900, close to 1,000 cents a kilo. Surely that's some impetus to, to put up the levy as well. Look, I'm sure it's a, um, a strong impetus to um, run that line of thinking, but we know that our current market is really driven by people recovering from drought and wanting to restock. Um, there's the old adage, nobody buys like a farmer with feed. So we have to remember that um, people are rebuilding, cattle are not cheap. Um, they're also competing with the processing sector and trying to um, secure cattle for their herds. So the current high prices are great if you've got cattle to sell, but most people, we have to remember, are rebuilding. So... Um, yeah. Let's get back to the, the levy issue and the way the money is spent. Are you happy with the way MLA is spending its money at present? Oh, look, I think there's a fairly good degree of satisfaction that it's um, being spent okay. I think everyone would like to think that they could do better. One of the key concerns I would have is that we've seen a decline in services, often in uh, extension services, and um, you can have the best research in the world, but if you can't get it to the people um, out there, um, it becomes a missing link. And we've seen those services decline that we would normally expect of state governments and ag departments. So I think there's a real need to um, get the um, research out to producers more directly through extension. Yes, I, I look. Because I, there are gaps there, uh, Marcus. I hear that issue myself. It's a problem with every state government that the the, the the diminution of services from state ag departments is having a marked effect out there on what's available for producers. Maybe that's somewhere that MLA could get involved on in to take up that slack or that developing slack. I think it's something that they need to look at. Look, into I'm the sure future, that, that's for sure. I'm sure the levy is uh, for more discussion in the weeks and months ahead, but uh, let's have a look at another issue. Uh, Carbon emissions. Cattle Council has an official policy for a target of zero emissions. How is it going to achieve that zero emissions by 2030? Well, I think when it was first announced, there was a 
some scepticism within the industry, um, but I think all cattle producers, one way or another, whether they support the target or not, would say that they want to reduce their carbon footprint and they want to um, see an investment in research and development that achieves that. We know that in the way our product is being viewed in the world, carbon is certainly a key discussion point. So whether we like it or not, we're involved in this debate and this discussion. And there has been significant um, breakthroughs in research and they will continue to happen. So steps have been taken towards getting, achieving that aspirational goal of carbon neutral by 2030. So what are the breakthroughs you're talking about? This is just the uh, seaweed into the... Yeah, the asparagopsis has been certainly a major breakthrough, but there's other rumoured supplements and things that are being um, proposed and considered, reproduction rates. There's there's a variety of measures which um, are helping achieve that goal. In the end, though, there's going to be a lot of land locked up, isn't there, for carbon emissions and carbon credits, etc.? Um, I think that's a little bit of an unknown, whether it will be locked up or not. I think if the land is locked up and the owner naturally gets, uh, rightly gets money in return for that uh, uh, locked up land. On any scale, though, that surely must impact on beef production in terms of its productivity. Is that something you're aware of and would take note of as you this policy develops further? I mean, locking I'm up- probably talking about... Yeah, look, I'm not aware of... There has been areas of land locked up, Kerry. Um, I don't think it would be a very favourable policy for cattle producers if we're seeing a lot of productive land locked up. So there has I to think be... that's a discussion that's still going to happen. Yes, look, it's a, it's a major issue for free-range cattle like they are in Australia. In America, in America I would think that having, seeing that they uh, barn their cattle and lot feed 95% of them, I think the solution is much easier there than it is here in Australia. You face a monumental task. Is, uh, the 2030 target, is that still reality or are you going to revisit that maybe? Look, I think there's been um, measurements taking and it seems that it is achievable. You know, from where we started several years ago, um, that's been a surprise to many. Um, we also have to remember that we are actually part of a carbon cycle. So often cattle are pursued seen as the villain in this process, but um, we're actually part of a closed carbon cycle. Um, Methane is a short-lived gas. We're keen at least for it to be measured properly because we're actually compared to fossil fuels that remain in the atmosphere for um, thousands of years, whereas with cattle, they can be part of a short, closed-loop system. And that was one of the reasons Cattle Council um, was very keen to promote GWP star methodology. Right. It's, I think it's an issue that you're going to be talking about for, for months and years to come because it's a major issue and it's not just a, uh, a national debate, it's a world debate. So you have some problems. It's a here. world debate. It is, isn't True. it? True. It is. It is. Time for a quick word from our sponsors, the Alenco Animal Health People. Back in a moment. Akatak Duo Star from Alanco provides knockdown and residual control of cattle ticks and ivermectin sensitive parasites. Applied early in the season, Akatak Duo Star reduces the buildup of the tick population and helps to prolong the life of effective chemistry. Give ticks and worms the flick with Akatak Duo Star. Always read and follow the label directions and ensure good agricultural practice for optimal parasite control. Welcome back. You're on The Grill with Kerry Lonigan and our guest today, Marcus Rathman. He's President of Cattle Council of Australia. 
Another issue which is also a debate around the world for, at various levels, the labelling of meat, the Cattle Council put in a submission. Can you briefly outline the submission from Cattle Council to the Senate inquiry? Look, um, the position of Cattle Council on this is that we basically respect the right of consumers to choose whatever product that they want to eat. Um, we have no issue with plant-based products as such. For us, the issue is more about truth in labelling and being honest about it. Um, we don't want to see consumers misled on this issue. And it's also about protecting our product brand of beef. Cattle Council, in conjunction with other peak industry councils, are working on this through ARMAC. We're assisting other people, putting in their submissions as well as our own. And I think there's been a considerable amount of consumer research now done now that validates that labelling and Im images of um, cattle, the terms beef and meat, the consumers are being misled. So it's, our issue is really going to the guts of it is it's truth in labelling issue. That's uh, one I think a lot of people in the industry support, but I also feel that an issue could be the time frame for when any change might come in. Uh, it's been I've been told that it's 2024 at the earliest. Yeah, change always takes a, a while. Um, we're also we're told that it's basically due to a change in regulations. So I think there's a couple of mechanisms available. It's either legislative change or regulation change. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But speaking of change, there was some talk of Cattle Council restructuring. Has that gone any further than the talk of a little while back? This discussion's been probably going on for 10 years, Kerry, as you know. Yes. <laughs> um, it probably started with the live export ban, basically, and um, we've had numerous Senate inquiries. Cattle Council went through a new constitution so that the um, restructure issue's been around for a long time. It's, it's one of our great uncompleted works. We've got... Uh, Basically, it's a peak industry council to represent 50,000 producer businesses, very self-reliant, individualistic people. You can often do these sort of things quite easily if you only actually have to represent a small membership. But our challenge is um, making a restructure over what is probably 50,000 businesses. We've got a prosperous $18 billion industry, and yet we've, um, we've got an organisation that's basically run by volunteers and six full-time staff so we need to complete this work for the um, for the good of our industry that we do have a strong peak industry council. Yeah there's a lot of questions there further questions which we don't have time for today but I want to put another restructure question to you. MLA is that time for a restructure with MLA? I mean it's been around for a long long time now much longer than the previous uh, AMLC and the meat board before that. Is it time for MLA to look at restructuring? Look, the thought might be there, but um, from a cattle council perspective, we want to put our own house in order first. That's that's critical to have a strong peak industry council first. Yeah, it's very, very polite. What I can say is that <laughs> our budget is basically under $2 million carry and the MLA budget is $290 million. Yes. So <laughs> if you consider that if that was a business, you'd have to say for the roles that we have to do, um, the balance may not be quite right. Yeah, uh, very polite. Very well said, Marcus. Look, a final question. Being an industry representative, especially in a very high-profile industry like Cattle Council, it can be thankless. A lot of people full of criticism and they're throwing stones all the time. Why do you, why do, you do it? 
Look, I believe in the industry. I also believe in cattle council. I've been there for probably five or six years. I see a lot of volunteers that um, give their time, cattle producers, um, and they do it for the good of the industry. We want to build something that's better than what we got, but we must acknowledge that our industry is fragmented and um, divided in parts. And we do have to unite it to build a stronger peak industry council. It's essential to build that unity. And we have to find the um, things that, the common things that bind us as producers. Spent too much time sometimes arguing about points without looking at the bigger picture. Let's hope those things that uh, unite you are far greater than the points that divide you. Marcus Rathsman, uh, President of Cattle Council Australia, you have one of the least enviable jobs in all of Australia, I suspect, but good luck in the future and thanks for being with us on The Grill. Thanks for your time, Kerry. Cheers. And thank you for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Kerry Lonigan and this is The Weekly Grill, brought to you by Beef Central and our podcast partner, Elenco Animal Health. (laughs) 